Welcome to The War from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Well, we continue our coverage of D-Day with a look at the Jenny Sims show from June the 6th of 1944. This was uh, a day that those who were um, experiencing it, there there were mixed feelings. This had been the culmination of what they had been working and fighting and uh, praying for. But uh, it was also, uh, at the same time, um, a very uh, tense moment, particularly for those who had families overseas. Uh, there would be uh, casualties among those who uh, who hit the beaches of Normandy, and uh, it would, and many were sitting at home wondering whether their uh, sons or fathers were going to be among those who were killed. At the same time, there was hope that. This was indeed the beginning of the end. That this was um, a time when we would uh, we would fight through, and we would see an end to the uh, carnage of these years of war. So there was hope, there was fear, and this is really the spirit that's reflected in today's uh, Jenny Sims program. So we'll go ahead and we will take a listen to the Jenny Sims Show from June 6, 1944. We shall pause now while Dr. Israel Goldstein, President of the Synagogue Council of America, leads in prayer. Dr. Goldstein. Lord of hosts, girded for battle against the blasphemers of thy name, a mighty host of free men are resolved to crush oppression Today, as our sons and the sons of our allies enter upon the final act in the drama of liberation, our prayers go with them. Anxiety mingled with pride fills our hearts. We know the cost may be heavy, but we shrink not, for the future of our children's children is at stake. Arise, O Lord, and let thine enemies be scattered. Then speed the dawn of peace, O Father of mercy. May the rain of evil go up as the smoke, and thou alone rule supreme over a family of nations dwelling in security and in concord, with none to make them afraid. Amen. Thank you, Dr. Goldstein. We take you now to Hollywood. Continuing with NBC's coverage of D-Day, the following program will be interrupted without delay in the event there is any late invasion news. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Jenny Sims. Mothers and fathers of America, I know what is in your hearts tonight. Night is falling on the greatest day in the history of all free people. D-Day, Tuesday, June 6, 1944. At dawn this morning, the supreme commander of our allied invasion forces 
uttered two words. Two words that put an end to months of torturous waiting, months of not knowing. Those two fateful words were, let's go. And with those two all-important words went millions of mighty cheers, many unknown fears, and many unshed tears. But your sons, your loved ones, didn't wait to wonder or be afraid. They sailed this morning to free the world forever of oppression. They'd waited long enough for D-Day. And now they're firmly moving forward to another day, V-Day, the day of victory. With our strongest prayers and our deepest faith in the eternal freedom that will soon rule the world, we must stand behind those men who marched this morning. As this most fateful day in history draws to a close, we must look forward to that V-Day when our loved ones will come home to stay. In each prayer, let us ask God to speed the day that they'll return to the land they love. And we all must have faith and our prayers will be answered. Tonight, as a cloak of darkness falls over our brave fighting men, we wonder what they're thinking. We know they're tired. We know they've done a great job today and are going to carry on that job through the night and through the days to come. We wonder if they're thinking of us or as we're thinking of them. Are they perhaps dreaming of the things they're fighting for? The hometown, the baseball park on Saturday afternoon, the girl they left behind. We know they're dreaming of the day when they can come back to the things they love. And tonight, we know that they'd like us to sing songs that tell of those things. I know they'd want us to keep singing, for that's one of the things they're fighting for. So, let's sing a song about V-Day. Be oh, hallelujah day When the boys have all come home to stay And a million bands begin to play We'll be dancing the victory polka And when we've lit the torch of liberty In each black land across the sea When a man can proudly say I'm free We'll be dancing the victory polka and we will give a mighty cheer When the ration book is just a souvenir And we'll give a mighty sign When each girl can kiss a boy, she kiss goodbye And they'll come marching down Fifth Avenue The United Nations in review When this lovely dream has all come true We'll be dancing the victory Lovely dream has all come true. We'll be dancing the victory for God. Usually on Tuesday nights, we present the greatest guest stars in the world in a show designed to bring our fighting men closer to their loved ones back home. Well, this Tuesday night on D-Day... The greatest guest stars in the world are in mortal combat on the coast of France. They're putting on a show that can never be surpassed. They have an audience as big as the world. 
An audience that is cheering them on to the final curtain. The curtain that will signify the end of Nazi tyranny. The end of bloodshed and terror. But one of the great guest stars we'd plan to present tonight has a message that we feel should be sent. And if our program here tonight can bring loved ones closer together in this hour of grim expectancy, then we'll be that much happier. We'd like you to meet a wounded American soldier that I met at the Attorney General Hospital this week who has something to say about the invasion. His name is Corporal Joe Samatoik of the United States Army. I'm sorry things didn't work out as we planned tonight. Well, Jenny, what we'd planned to say isn't half as important as what's being said right now by those men going into France. Well, that's right. But I do want to say this, and I think I'm speaking for all the boys down at the hospital when I say that we're darn sorry we missed the big show. We'd like to be over there with them right now, but I'm afraid I just can't make it on these crutches. So about all I can say is uh, they're yours, fellas. Go get them. Well, Joe... Tonight of all nights, we wish that Johnny could complete a phone call I know you'd like to make. You're in a tough spot, on crutches and, and 6,000 miles away from your wife, who is an army nurse somewhere in the British Isles doing her part in the, in the invasion today. And I know that uh, to call her right now would mean an awful lot to both of you. I know if you were there beside her, you'd have lots to say to her. We can't make the call, as you know, but by some crook of fate, she might hear your voice calling across that great ocean that separates you tonight. What would you like to say to your wife, Joe? Well, uh, just that, well, Nancy, I love you lots. I wish I could be there with you tonight, and I know you're awfully busy working with the wounded boys. Well, I just wish I could help, too. It's awful being so helpless and so very far away. But be brave, sweeter, and I love you very much. I'll be seeing you. Well, Joe, I hope your wife heard that message, because perhaps... She'll hear your voice through the great din of battle and know that you, like millions of other Americans tonight, are praying for the safety and victory of our loved ones overseas. Come back next week, Joe, and we'll tell the story we plan to tell tonight, okay? Gee, that's great, Jenny. Thanks very much. Well, you're very welcome, Joe, and thank you.
yes, it'll live again when peace is found. And there's time for books and looks around at a country scene, a tree serene that stands above a meadow green. And in that tree, you'll see a nest where the dove of peace has come to rest. Throughout America, many fathers and mothers are wondering if their boy is lying on some beachhead, alone on some battlefield, wounded, perhaps dying. We've been told that the battle will be long and hard. The casualties will be heavy. Many of your loved ones will sacrifice their lives in this great march to victory, and we thought perhaps it would help you to know what your country and the combined strength of all the United Nations has done to ease the suffering and pain of our fighting men. We're honored to have a great man as our guest tonight who has worked in the battlefield with the wounded men. And he was awarded the Navy Cross for rescuing nine men who were left to die during the Jap invasion of Java. This man who knows about medical care and what we're doing for our wounded fighting men is the famous and heroic Dr. Wassell. We'd like for you to meet him now. Ladies and gentlemen, we're proud to present Commander Corden Wassell of the United States Navy. Commander Wassell, what can you tell the mothers and fathers and families about the preparations that have been made for the care of our wounded in this invasion? The Army and the Navy, the Marines and the CBs, with the Air Corps, have the best doctors and surgeons that America can produce. These men are leaders in the medical world. Such units come from Johns Hopkins, Mayo's, Massachusetts General... Washington Medical College at St. Louis, and many others, too numerous to name. Then, we also have in this corps your own hometown doctors. We have assisting them in the Navy, the medical corpsmen. In the Army, the medical orderlies. These men have been trained not only in medical care, but in the evacuation of wounded to a center that is staffed by the best physician and surgeons in the world. Well, what about medical supplies, Dr. Wassell? During my evacuation of the wounded of the Marblehead in Houston, there was never a time that I did not have sufficient medical supplies and assistance to care for these wounded that I had charge of. And that was early in the war. Today, our medical supplies are ten times as complete. Every drug, medicine, and instrument known to the medical science is at the disposal of the Allied invasion force. There's one point I would like to make especially at this time. Well, what's that, Dr. Wassell? It's blood plasma. Take ten men on the battlefield. The orderly or corpsman has the knowledge that the doctor has, and he 
perhaps rightfully gives blood to those that do not especially need it. You might call that a waste, but it is not. To combat shock, the blood has to be given before shock sets in. And the orderly and corpsman rightfully give it to all of them. Out of ten, perhaps four or five did not specially need it. But an ounce of prevention there is worth a pound of cure. So we need large supplies to back up our men. Make your date today and give your blood. I've given mine since I've been back. Dr. Wassell, how rapidly are wounded men being treated in this invasion? Can you tell us about it? Even in the dispatches today, I noted that wounded men are being transported back to England, where I know they're getting the best care that can be given. They do not wait four or five days now, but get the men into a base hospital within the 24 hours. That's why our casualties will be lower than in previous wars. You mean they work right on the field, too, don't they? Yes, our doctors on the field with the corpsmen and medical orderlies administer first aid, which cares for shock, pain, and protection of wounds. These people are immediately sent to a base hospital. In the invasion armada are swarms of medical ships, large and small, carrying supplies to the front and bringing the wounded back immediately to safety. They're equipped to take care of the wounded right there, complete with doctors, surgery, and nurses. The smaller invasion boats that take supplies and men over immediately return with the wounded. No time is lost in taking care of the wounded. Dr. Wassell, such news from a man like you should assure mothers and fathers and the families in America tonight that their sons are being well taken care of on the field of battle. The battle has just begun. The hardest fighting is yet to come. Many men will be injured. But to all listening in, please remember that our fighting men have the best of everything in the way of medical care. I know because I have not only worked with wounded men in the battlefield, but I have received that care myself, so don't worry. Your son is out there fighting with his life, but he won't have to fight for it. Good night. Well, thank you, Commander Corden Wassell. We're very honored and proud to have you with us tonight. Thank you very, very much. Tonight, our fighting men overseas would want us to carry on in the same spirit in which they left. In all their letters back home, they always say, don't worry about me, I'm okay. It's you folks back home that we worry about. Well, let's show them that we haven't lost that spirit. In our hearts, we have a song that keeps rising above our fears and gives promise of a bright and happy future. Jubilee, there'll be a jubilee. 
upon that happy day Sister, you're mad My man too You're mad And my man too You're mad And my man too Will be coming home to stay Great day in the morning When that peaceful sun will be dawning A dream of tomorrow that will soon be here. A day of freedom and peace and a day when we will no longer wait and pray for our loved one's return. A dream that will come true.
our thoughts are with those who are fighting for our way of living. In each of our hearts, there's a prayer for their safety and speedy victory. We have with us a man who has given spiritual guidance to men who have invaded other coasts in this war. He was at Pearl Harbor on December the 7th. He has seen men go into battle, and he was there beside them to offer words of comfort and courage. Tonight, he has a message of faith and hope on this first day of the Allied invasion of Europe. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present Chaplain Walter Peck of the United States Navy. It is fitting and proper that in the midst of the confusion and excitement of D-Day, we pause to consider not only the military significance of the day, but the spiritual significance. We all want to win, and we all want safety for our men, the men of America, and the daughters of America. We speak of prayers for D-Day. I'd like to suggest to you prayers for every day. For this fight shall last many days, and men shall pour out their lives on bloody fields and aboard ships, that old glory may wave, and a decent and proper chance for life be everyone's. The efficacy of any prayer is the sincerity with which we offer it, and our own worthiness and faith, which will evaluate every utterance we make. America is fighting for her life. And she stands to lose her own soul. It is up to us that they who shall pass shall not have died in vain. Now, with those thoughts, may we all of us bow in prayer. God of our fathers, known of old, Lord of our far-flung battle line, we pray for victory. Not simply a victory of arms, but a victory which is thine, a victory of righteousness. We pray for the security of our sons and daughters. We acknowledge thy sovereignty, that all we do, we do with thee. Keep the people of America that they may give of themselves as their sons are giving at this very moment. May the mantle of thy spirit be on our men. Thy blessing on those who must die. Thy courage in the heart for all here and for all there. Into thy hands we commit our men and our nation. Amen.
that shines in my heavenly mansion to guide our path in the night. And I shield and This is the National Broadcasting Company. That will do it for today. If you uh, have a comment, email me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. I welcome your story or that of loved ones who served during World War II. Ken Curlin provides our opening theme music, kencurlin.com. I am your host, Adam Graham. This uh, series is provided as a service of the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio, greatdetectives.net.